Hey, it's Dylan Dunlap. I'm the host and founder of a club called Serotonin Sunday, and I would love to welcome you to the official podcast. This is a stigma-free space designed to pull the curtain back on the creatives who cultivate the art that we love. Whether you personally struggle with a mental health condition, you know somebody that struggles, or you just want to listen, you've come to the right place, and you are welcome here. It's important to express that I am not an expert or a medical professional by any means, which is why you'll be able to hear from my friends at mental health organizations who will share stories and resources with us. Each episode will feature recording artists playing their favorite songs, and we'll put a spotlight on an amazing organization doing work in the mental health space. The goal each Sunday is to open up a real conversation, all the while raising our serotonin levels and enjoying life together. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. I'm just slow on serotonin. Fulfilling all my musical needs each Sunday, so thank you all for humoring me. <laughs> our first guest is Eric Penn. He's an R&B singer who grew up singing in church and decided to switch up the subject matter and make it a career. Currently based in Harlem, Eric describes his sound as eclectic. He says that he draws from all the types of music and the beauty of artistry is to continue to let his sound evolve through time. Eric released his first project in 2017 at age 29. Since the release of that album, Eric has yet to release another full-length project. Still, he's been very busy releasing the EP Songs I Wish You Heard with standout tracks Sinking Sand and other singles like Enough. Eric Penn recently recorded live sessions of some of his personal favorites from his discography, which can be watched on YouTube or listened to on Audio Mac. But if everybody could please give a round of applause for Eric Penn as we bring him to the stage. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to be here on Serotonin Sunday. Excited to hear what else we are going to experience tonight. Um, the song that I'm performing tonight is called Heaven, a song I dedicated to my wife. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much, Eric. Yep. Where did you hide your wings? Free flowing into my heart. Where do you find the things that make me feel like no one else is in the room but you and I yeah everything for all I know and I suppose when I heard hello I felt a love I never know and I thought that I would show your beauty is my one desire and your face looks just like heaven oh your smile makes the clouds roll by damn right i said it oh I wish I knew when kiss from you makes me touch the sky. Don't you forget it. Oh, I'm safe with you. I'm satisfied. And girl, I see heaven. Oh, every time I look into your eyes. Oh. How 
did I find in plain sight a treasure in disguise? I mean, you don't even try. You enjoy coincide. My heart was closed for repairs, and you tore down that sign. And you walked right inside. Now that's where you reside. I think that I spent a little bit of extra time. Oh, yeah. It's out of my control. Cause when I couldn't stay afloat, you were my bridge over trouble water. You provide my endless, endless forevers, endless forevers. And your face looks just like heaven. Oh, oh your smile makes the clouds roll by. Damn right I said it oh, oh. I wish I knew One kiss from you Makes me touch the sky Don't you forget it oh, oh. I'm safe with you I'm satisfied Girl I see heaven Every time, girl, I see heaven. Every time, girl, I see heaven. Every time I look into your Thank you. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Oh man, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for playing that, for singing that. Thank you, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I I just hear so much in your voice, so much heart. And I, I would love to know more about the person that you wrote about. You said your wife? Yes. Yeah, so um yeah, you know, I think that in this crazy world that we live in, it's super important to let people know how you feel. And um, I, my wife would tell you the best that I think I, I um, express myself much better in my lyrics than I do <laughs> in person. But, um, you know, I felt like this was a, a great way to show her how I felt. Um, and honestly, as an artist, it's very easy for me to to interpret through my lyrics or through my art. Um you know, so I took the time to do it and, you know, uh, it came out as our wedding song. That's what it ended up being. Um, and, you know, anytime I, I, you know, I get an inkling of inspiration, um, I try to move and try and make, you know, what I think God is kind of pushing me to make. Um, and, and this came out and I'm, I'm, it's one of my favorite, favorite songs. Oh, that's, that's beautiful, man. I, I bet she's just over the moon about that. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm super appreciative of the moment of getting to share this with you guys. Um, if you want to check it out, it's um, all over DSPs um, and, and a ton load of my other music. So I really do appreciate the, the kind words. How is everything going for you as an artist in today's climate? How's how's your heart? How's your head? What's going on for you? <laughs> So that's a great question. I I I realized that my um my own my own bio said that I hadn't been around musically for a while. Um, 
I'm a person that tries my best to challenge all facets of life. So it's crazy that we're on this. I'm actually in school to become a rehabilitation counselor. I'm getting my master's at the moment for that. Um, so that's one of the, the facets of life that I've you know really been focusing on. I, I'm just, I try my best to whatever I feel at the moment, if it's R&B, if it's soul music, I just try to let that, that, that thing lead me. Um, so I just finished a project um, called American Fairy Tale. I'm so excited about it. Um, but I think that as long as I'm busy, I continue to stay inspired. As an artist, I think it's most important for me to experience, you know, um, even, you know, not these grand or grandiose things that everybody talks about, but just like moments with my daughter walking in the park, I get inspired by those small things. So, you know, my main goal is to always stay inspired to find a way to continue to be inspired. And even though it's been a tough time, I think that the, the time spent with my wife and the time spent with my daughters and the time just really honing in on who I am as a creative, I think I've been able to do that. I mean, you are an inspiration. I hope you know that. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. This mindfulness that, that you practice, this gratitude and your ability to be present and just recognize like the little things and how impactful they can be. I just, I love hearing about that. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that having children will let you understand how fast time moves. I think that before I had my first child, um, I wasn't very clear and direct with what I needed to do and how I needed to do it. But, you know, I think me having children and really understanding that time is super fleeting, man. So I got to stay the course. Everybody has their ups. Everybody, you know, I think life is waning and it has its ebbs and flows. But the more you positively reinforce yourself, man, I think, you, you know, we'll all get to the place that we want to be. You know, the more the more positive thoughts we have, the better off, you know. Amen. I, I could not agree more. Uh, Eric, what is the best way to support you right now for the people listening in, whether it's live or on their way to work? How can they support you best? Uh, check me out at Eric Penn. Give me a follow everywhere. Instagram, Twitter. Check out the music. Um, if you like it, send me a DM. You know, I love talking to the people who interact with my stuff. Be on the lookout very soon for two projects, one coming during the summer and one coming in the fall. Um, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Um, but yeah, check me out at Eric Penn underscore E-R-I-C-P-E-N-N underscore. And again, I appreciate the time shared. You have my full support, man. Anything you need from me or Serotonin Sunday, please know that you have a family with us. Appreciate I, I truly appreciate that. Thank you. And I appreciate, appreciate the opportunity, man. Of course, anything we can do. And I, I'm just excited to learn myself how I can do better as a supporter of my friends. So Absolutely. for anybody listening right now, there will be a Spotify playlist called Serotonin Sounds. Make sure to check that out because everybody you listen to will be on that playlist. And let us let us hack the algorithms and support them. <laughs> Indeed. Well, thank you, Eric. We're going to keep yes. the night going. I'm so happy we started with you. That That just made my night, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm excited to hear everybody else. Of course. I'm Up next is I'm a huge fan and I also consider her a friend. So it's a really bizarre combination of the two. Madison Malone is a singer, songwriter, producer and activist born in Madison, Wisconsin. Madison grew up in a small town that her family lived in for generations. Once moving to L.A. in late 2016, Madison immediately got tapped in to write music for Celine Dion.
This led to selling out stages and festivals across the U.S. from L.A.'s The Troubadour to New York City's Rockwood Music Hall, from Milwaukee's Summerfest, where she was named Emerging Artist of the Year, to Austin's South by Southwest. Recently, Madison headlined a European tour expanding her fan base and outreach worldwide. Madison is a proud pansexual bilingual songstress who works towards bringing love, comfort, and nostalgia to your ears. Her 2020 double EP, One and Two, was a short story describing topics ranging from what it's like to be out and proud to memories of childhood nostalgia. Currently, Madison is releasing a collection of her favorite lullabies after live streaming these songs for literally 245 nights in 2020, <laughs> which is insane. So I have, I'm such a fan of so many different things and I just want to bring Madison to the stage. So let's all give a round of applause. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks We're for just, having me, Dylan. You know, I'm going to clap. I'm yeah. obligated too. <laughs> I love it. How are you? I'm great. Yes. Wonderful. Lots changed even since that, um, uh, since I wrote that bio, but, uh, I'm married now have a eight month old and um, making music. So a lot of things, a lot of good things. And um, this first song is actually, it's funny. I played it the other night and I realized as I was playing it that these are like all of the things that I've always wanted in my life. And pre pandemic, they were just like wishes. Um, but now where we are presently, almost all of these things have come true and um I'm really grateful for it. So this is called Simple Love. It's off of that album that you mentioned, one and two. And um, here it is. Thank you for being here. Mm, thanks for having me. I want to marry you under a tree Saying our vows in front of family Oh, I want to marry you under a tree I want our house filled with pictures inside Telling the story of our beautiful life Oh, I want our house filled with pictures inside Oh, it's really a simple love Oh, it's really a simple love Oh, it's really a simple love I want a backyard with a swing on a rope We'll play with our children until they grow old Oh, I want a backyard with a swing on a rope Kids to know two languages so they can speak to your mom when they meet her someday. Quiero que los niños sepan dos lenguas. Oh, it's really a simple love. Oh, it's really a simple love. Oh, it's really a simple love. And the days I know will go by quick Because years feel like seconds that's it I guess that's what they mean when you find 
to my wife just brought me water so that's perfect timing oh please <laughs> thanks honey you you've you've earned your minute to take a breather <laughs> that was that was beautiful thank you wow i i mean you know that that's a that's a song that is a, <laughs> there's no other way to say that <laughs> it just felt timeless madison oh thanks dylan i mean i've always coming been a fan. from you I, I ever since we met you I've just yeah. thought you've just been killing it through the oh. quality of the music and your consistency to be present as an artist and also everything else that you've done with your life I just I admire you so much oh thanks Dylan same seriously same and I was just talking about um I mean I don't know if you'll remember this for sure but I knew who you were before I knew who you were because when I had first moved to LA I was like, you know, on Craigslist or whatever, looking at places to rent. And I happened upon this guest house and it happened to be your mom's guest house. <laughs> and Whoa. I, yeah, I almost lived there, but I didn't because I couldn't carry my Nord up the stairs. And then I didn't like put two and two together because <laughs> your mom had been saying like, oh, my son, my son. And of course, I didn't know anybody yet. This is like six days into L.A. And then I saw your mom at a show like a year later. And I'm like, wait a second. I know you. I looked at that space. <laughs> it's just small world stuff. Wow. Shout out to my mom. Yeah. Shout out, mom. <laughs> what a badass. I That is so funny. Yeah. I'm so sorry for those stairs, Madison. <laughs> know that, you know, picking up no a keyboard. Problem. Oh, my gosh. No, I hope it worked for some. I, it had to have worked for somebody else. That's a beautiful space. Yeah, actually, you know, in the pandemic, some unemployment fraud was happening with <gasps> whoever was in that room. So uh, <laughs> a lot has happened in, <laughs> on that street, but I cannot believe that you met my mother before you met, you met me. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's how we kind of met was through your mom, but not really. Wow. Well, mm -hmm. I, I mean, you also were working with my friend Hugo at one point around 2016. Yes. Yep. Then that's how I met you. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, shout out to Hugo. I mean, yeah. one of the nicest people I've ever met in the music industry. Oh. Well, Madison, hold on. Before, I mean, we can catch up over coffee. <laughs> I, yes. We're here for a reason. Uh, I like that it's a more laid back feel live on Twitter, but I, you know, I want to recognize that we are reaching so many people that are not here with us right now. Madison, what is the best way? If I did not know who that was the first time I heard your music, and obviously I'm in tears at that point, which most people I'm sure are at this point, having listened to what you just did, how can they follow up with you? What do you need from a Madison Malone supporter? Uh, if you want to reach out to me, just like Eric said, I I check my DMs all the time. So Instagram is a great space. Um, Madison Malone Music is my profile and reach out on there, anything like that. That's also my profile everywhere else, Facebook, um, TikTok, all that. And then, of course, listening on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music, just type in Madison Malone and you'll find my discography in there. So, yeah. Wonderful. Please, this is me reiterating everything that everyone just heard. Please do all the things. And Madison, I just, the thing I admire most is your ability to have that balance like I was talking about. But I, I also don't want to compliment you so much that you don't feel like you can talk about if the balance is a struggle. I'd love to know. I mean, congratulations, first off, on, on being a mother and congrats on these these new life changes. And I, I would just love to know how you're handling it all, how you're doing. Yeah, the first three, four months were abs- an absolute wreck. Like, I... Every day was like, we made a mistake. I can't believe we did this. I was definitely in a dark place and couldn't understand what was happening with my body, couldn't understand what's happening hormonally. Um, You know, there's this small thing that's depending on you for everything and you have to keep it alive and then you're not sleeping or eating the way that you should be. And so the first three, four months when he was just a little blob, I was like, we made a mistake, which he was totally planned because we're two women. So like this thing was planned. It was not like, whoops. Um, and so that was really hard. But then I, it's really that whole thing. It's a cliche, but cliches are cliches for a reason, but it takes a village. So we have somebody who comes part-time now and is here so that I can start producing again and collaborating again. And then my wife is also super helpful. My parents have flown out to be with us and um, just like inviting more people into the circle to help be a part of the family and be a bigger piece of our son's life has been what's gotten us to feeling like we're in a more normal place. And that's where the balance comes in too. Cause you know, your village is there. And even in your most like loneliest days, it might not feel like it, but there is somebody there for you. You just have to reach out. And I was afraid to reach out and say like, Hey, like, you know, we need somebody here or like, mom, can you come out for a longer amount of time or whatever it was? But I'm happy that, you know, I spoke up and that my wife encouraged me to do so as well. And, um, now the balance feels super manageable and, um, I'm lucky and happy. I'm, I'm so happy for you. Thank you for sharing all of that and being so vulnerable with us. Yeah. That is, it absolutely is. And I, I just, I'm so happy to hear that you are this aware of I, I don't know you ju- it just seems like you are outputting so much love in mm-hmm. in your life in so many different ways and you are unapologetically yourself musically and and that is my favorite part about following up with you and seeing what releases have come out and I I just feel like I'm continuing to 
get to know you and the love that you have to share with the world. Mm, thanks, Dylan. So, I mean, like I've said to to Eric, you have a family here. If there's anything, we we can be a part of the village. Whatever you yeah. need. <laughs> if you want to babysit, be careful. Sponsored by I Serotonin will take Sunday, you up on it. Yeah. Babysitting. We will do DM the next... me about that. <laughs> we'll do week four from live from your home. Great, great. That is. What is your son's name? Bravo. Bravo. Wow. Yes. Well, congratulations and bravo <laughs> to that. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to be an alumni and come back and humor me. I just, I, I love this over, you know, getting, opening up Spotify and getting immediately mm-hmm. overwhelmed by everything. I'd rather just support the people that are in my circle. And so Madison, please like, don't hesitate to just reach out if there's anything I can do. Okay, Dylan, you rock. Thank you so much. We are same a family. Goes, it's like same, same. If you need anything, I am here. I, I know we need to write music together at some point we will okay i will text Absolutely. you after this <laughs> <laughs> there is no rush and I, <laughs> I i like that you know nico as well shout out oh to my gosh love nico nico frank we've been brothers at the hip for six seven years but you know we've only written a couple things together and i just love yep. that because yep. we've just prioritized our friendship over anything else yep special so thank you for prioritizing just being awesome mm-hmm. and i look forward to catching up with you in person soon yes can't wait everyone that just tuned in that was madison malone please search the things please stream the things please dm her please dm eric dm the person you're about to hear jay jen uh, it means the world as an artist myself you never expect messages like that and i i just feel like sharing some kindness goes a long way and i i just hope that if you're listening right now you can take five seconds Pull over if you're driving and message Madison Malone. Tell her how awesome she is. And we're going to keep this going. We have one more musical act. We had somebody back out, unfortunately, but we're going to have them soon. And if you're listening, I hope you've been enjoying the music so far. This is a Trojan horse to get to the mental health organization. And Amber is here with To Write Love in Her Arms. We're going to hear from her in just a little bit and how we can just learn about the the resources that they have and the actual support that they are giving this world and the, and the money, the amazing money that they're raising. It's just been great to see their growth over the last couple of years of knowing Amber and the, and the organization personally. So, but before we get to that, we're going to go to Jay Jin, an independent global recording artist, singer, songwriter, serotonin Sunday alumni, mind you again, I'm so happy to bring people back. Multi-instrumentalist and a storyteller from Baltimore, Maryland. He has self-released three full-length albums of original music for which he has received Grammy consideration, numerous accolades and songwriting awards, including the prestigious John Lennon Songwriting Award, first place in the International Songwriting Competition. Yes, you are hearing from incredible singer-songwriters. We curate the best of the best. Shout out to Emery, who's (laughs) hosting this room right now. We... Jay is fantastic. And the fact that he is here to close out the musical portion of this evening just makes my heart soar. Jay continues to release his original music, and he's excited to share his powerful life story and personal experiences with mental health. And so excited to get into this. So everybody, please give it up for Jay Jin. Thank you so much, Dylan. Thank you for having me back. Um, What amazing uh, performances, Eric Madison. Uh, Really enjoyed that. 
uh yeah i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna play a song of mine from my third album called 1111 and uh this is just a song that i wrote uh about love you know every line is from a different place that i've experienced love in my uh, years of living um and uh you know that's not always going to be just rainbows and butterflies right you know it could be romantic platonic love uh love for a child, love for a parent, a parent's love for you, love for God, if you believe. Um, but also it comes from places where um, it can be a little bit more heavy, you know, and um, in this song, uh, there are lines that I've uh, written for uh, somebody that I love very dearly who took their own life via suicide. So there's all those elements, but if you're living and breathing, um, you realize that if you can push forward, uh, continue to, to, to see the light um, that you're able to find ways to love uh, even more fiercely, uh, love in deeper ways. And so the song is kind of a, uh, uh, it speaks on that. So I hope that one of these lines uh, speaks to you uh, based upon your own lived experience and hope that you are encouraged. It's the way that you're my shelter, it's the way that you're my rest. Somehow you found beauty in my deepest mess. It's the way that you're that feeling that I'm not alone. When I close my eyes at night, I'll be dreaming you home. I've been talking to the stars about you. I hope that penny in the well will come true. I've been chasing rainbows, but they were passing on through. It's 11 11 and I'm wishing for you. Just know, let's be young together, and maybe we can grow. It's the way you stay with me, even when you go. When I'm scared and broken, you you can heal my soul. I've been talking to the stars about you I hope that penny in the well will come true I've been chasing rainbows but they were passing on through it's 11 11 and I'm wishing for you
Hold my breath and turn it to the other side. I blew out some candles just to feel your light. It's a love I feel for you that I can't explain. Won't you make these wishes true? Help me love again. I've been talking to the stars about you. I hope that penny in the well will come true. I've been chasing rainbows, but they were passing on through. It's 11 11 and I'm wishing for you. It's 11 11 and I'm wishing for you. It's 11 11. I love I'm trying to clap as fast as I possibly can right now. Hold on. <laughs> Jay, that was beautiful, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> can you just, I mean, you could just keep playing. We, we will just stay. <laughs> Serotonin Sunday after hours is just you playing and singing for however many hours you'd like. <laughs> we'll uh, uh, set it up. Thank you for, for sharing that story with us, man. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in and uh, just listening and being, uh, I mean, this is honestly a privilege for us as artists, right? Like to be able to write, if we have something to say, to share that um, hopefully has a redemptive element to it that can um, provide hope for folks. I mean, that's, that's why you're doing Serotonin Sunday, which is why I'm also really grateful that you're doing this. So um, honestly, it's, it's, it's an honor and a privilege. Oh, day, man, that means a lot. You know, I, I'm just here as, somebody with a mental illness myself. And I, I recognize how hard it is to have these conversations in day-to-day -day life. So to, to be able to just like not force it, but create an event that's entirely about promoting it and in hopes that people can just say whatever's on their mind, which brings me to my question. I, I would love to know, you were talking about the heaviness and, and I'd love to know what that feels like for you in your brain. And, or is it something that is hard to vocalize and, and that's why you gravitate towards music? Yeah, you know, I think um, for me in, in my years of living, I think, uh, um, you know, I, I, you know, I thank God that, that I've gone through a lot of hardships and things. Um, a lot of my, my music kind of dives into a lot of things. And, and when I do, uh, you know, I'm independent, I'm unsigned by choice. And I do that because um, I just feel like I have a lot of things to say that kind of dive in deeper, right? And so you talk about everything from being a two-time cancer survivor, talking about like just what it's like to to acknowledge that it's that it's not okay that you feel like you know you have no hope, 
but also being able to dive into everything from uh, depression, suicide, which I've um, struggled with for many years, but also it seems like I've had individuals sent into my life that have kind of struggled with that. Um, some overcome it, some don't. Um, and you don't really ever control that, right? That's not something that's in your hands. Um, but, um, you know, my music, you know, I, I actually thought about initially doing a song called Six Feet Above that I was going to share tonight. Um, it's a song that I, I, I used um, and it took me almost a year to write to go through the, the phases of um, dealing with uh, somebody dying um, via suicide. And, um, you know, it was my way of coping. And to some degree, with every music, every song that I write, there is this redemptive element that's supposed to provide some sense of hope, some sense of light. And um, But it's also a very sad song. So I, I know that 1111 is one of those ones that, um, you know, people, the common denominator seems to be that a lot of people say that it's like a song that makes them happy, but also really, really sad at the same time. And um, that's like the best way you can explain love. Um, that that's really what it is. And so, um, you know, I, I will never shy away from, from speaking upon hard things. You know, I've talked about and, and sang and written songs about everything from, you know, euthanasia to abortion to all these heavy things that, you know, will never end up on top 40 radio. And that's okay with me. You know, I'm okay. Um, I always tell everybody that my music will be discovered after I'm dead. Um, and, um, you know, and I, and, it, and it's, I, I do believe that, you know, and thankfully I've been doing this, seven years and you know every year more and more people you know go and discover my music but it's it's tough you know i don't have a, a label or anything that's letting people hear so it's little events like this that you know maybe if i can reach one individual then they will um, go through and listen to the hundreds of songs that are on all the streaming platforms and um and and if they find hope in that to me that's that's my success you know that's why i believe i've been that's what i believe my vocation is in this world is um i do believe i've been created to um you know to to reach those that are not reached in, and that's it you know there's plenty of other people that can reach you know all the masses and do it through top 40 radio and that's that's cool with me um but um you know it's what you do with the 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 people that you are sent and and that oftentimes may not be in a numbers game you know it's just about taking it one soul at a time one um one life at a time and um you know deeply realizing this gratitude for the communities that we're in. And so, uh, yeah, that's the best way I can put it. I know it's a little bit kind of head in the clouds, but, you know. No, that is that is exactly. Uh, thank you, Jay. Uh, I have a few things. My first thing being never say never, because you, you said one thing and I, I just you, you might be surprised by just being who you are and talking the way that you are and writing the way that you do. We just have no idea. I, I always want to maintain some Disney magic for my friends. And I just want to let you know, I, I think you are fantastic and, and you have every right to pursue that and achieve that. And But I also very much appreciate your awareness towards what's actually important. You know, Eric was actually talking about that a little bit earlier when, you know, he had his kid and that changed everything. And I'm personally going through my own awakening of how numbers don't necessarily matter the way I thought. And, and the fact that music just heals is, is the only reason why we should, we should be doing this and coming together to, to talk about it. So I, I just see you as somebody who is advocating through dialogue, but also just being yourself and, and the music that you're putting out. And it's just been such an honor, a ride to see. So please keep me posted. If there's any, way I can help promote 
each and every one of these songs, man. I mean, I, I, you have these messages. They deserve to be heard. And you are reaching so many people already. So it's an honor to just be one of those people myself. Thank you for those words, Dylan. That, that really does mean a lot, <laughs> more than you know. <laughs> of course, man. I, I look up to you. I, I wanted to ask you if it's okay, yeah. uh, if there was anything you feel like you're not able to actually talk about as an artist that lives with a mental health condition, you know, how we have our obligations. If it's a 45 minute set, you know, it's probably mostly music and scripting out the talking points. And, and if you've ever felt like silenced in some way, is there, is there anything you'd love to share right now as an artist that maybe some people would appreciate being able to learn about artists in general or you specifically? Absolutely. Um, you know, I appreciate you first and foremost. Uh, thank you for asking that. Um, it's not often that we get that question um, as artists and um, especially with a platform. Um, I just, you know, am emerging out of a five month social media fast. Um, and initially it was this like <laughs> glorified, like I'm leaving this, all this bullshit and, you know, just pulling back from um it's just, and I know the other artists and maybe all of you guys here in this room will understand, like, right, we live in this world where, you know, you're trying to put forth something on social media, this perception that other people can hopefully take away of a succeeding artist or an artist that is relevant or all of that stuff. And really, it just kind of boils down to this idea that, like, you know, we're trying to push out something that we hope that others will think of us. But at the end of the day, we are all... Um, imperfect human beings that are all trying we're all trying to like make <laughs> make ourselves relevant or allow ourselves to feel and be loved by another person if not others you know like and um and i think this this five months you know initially i was going to just quit i had this like i don't i don't, I don't really want to deal with this anymore and so i just stopped posting and i stopped checking and stopped playing the social currency game which i was terrible at anyways at my age um but i just you know, I think I reached this point as I dived deeply into my own self and spent way more time with my loved ones and people that I call, uh, that I'm privileged to call friends. Um, we just had these great conversations and I started to have um, a lot more intentionality. Um, and th this was all spurned about by uh, an experience. Um, you know, I'm about to turn 38 and I uh, recently I, I've gone through, gone to six funerals in the past seven months. And one of the most recent ones was this past December. I just buried one of my closest buddies and he was only 34. He was like five, you know, he was like a few years below me. And this just goes to show, like I, I had made this leap of faith in the music because medical science had stated that most likely I was not going to survive my thirties. And that's why I actually, at the age of 30, started doing music, which I'm still like the Beatles. I still can't read music. I you know, <laughs> couldn't even play, play a guitar and sing, you know, eight years ago. Um, I had not performed outside of my bathroom before eight years ago, you know. So for me, the whole message of why I'm doing what I'm doing is, um, even though, you know, it's not stadiums, I'm not, you know, trying to achieve what Justin Bieber or whatever else is doing. I'm just trying to listen, we go play wherever anybody will listen. And what I found is, is that I think there's this, this element of the, this common denominator that people are all thirsting for community, thirsting for experiences. And when I say experiences, I'm not talking about, you know, these, these things where, you know, you just go out and drink and forget about your worries, but rather um, these experiences where you just 
feel something that moves you. And oftentimes when you have those moments, you can't quite put your hand on what it is, right? Um, and that's the thing that I'm trying to key into, you know, like for me, like, you know, my tour dates are not major music venues. They're actually living rooms. They're, you know, random people that reach out and say, come and do this thing. And, and, and I create this avenue of doing these little living room events. Maybe there's like eight or nine people in them, but all I do is try to do a glorified TED talk slash VH1 storytellers, like use the power of music to make people laugh, to make people cry. And, you know, it, it's, it's tough because I guess, you, you know, going back to your question, this is full circle. You ask like, what is something you can't say? And, and to be honest, it's that, you know, I'm oftentimes, I feel very misunderstood. And I think that that's actually a very universal thing. I feel like everybody here on the stage can kind of commiserate with that element, right? Like we feel like at times, sure, there are things that go our way. There are people that give us the numbers and the streams on a song. But at the end of the day, we're still feeling so misunderstood and feeling oftentimes very alone, even if we're around people that love us. And so there's got to be something more to that kind of relates to why we're on this earth and why a community of individuals have been put around us. And, and so I guess that's, that's the, the main thing I just want to say is that like, you know, I'm, I'm deep diving into that, you know, like I'm, I'm back out, you know, doing the social media thing to just kind of with, with a healthy mindset where I'm just like, whatever, I'm going to post whatever. If I want to post um, a bowl of Chipotle that I love, you know, I know you love Chipotle. Then Thank you. Why not? Why not put Thank that you very on much. Instagram? <laughs> why not put that on Instagram? You know, because <laughs> to me, I think like, honestly, my uh, base of supporters will appreciate that like the bowl and the way that I create my Chipotle bowl, that probably will go way farther than anything that I put out there saying like, Hey, stream my next single. Nothing wrong with that. But I mean, why are we so afraid to just be authentically ourselves? Why are we so afraid to just be like, Hey, get to know me, the human being, Jay, not the BS that I put up on social media for the past seven years, hoping that somebody will notice and get me verified. You know what I mean? So you know, again, I'm going to step off the soapbox, but I think like, I just want to leave it at that, which is, you know, I hope that, you know, I'm doing this, I'm trying and struggling with it every day, but I'm trying to be way more transparent and authentic and true to myself. And I hope that others can do that in turn, because I think they'll feel that. And I think they'll relate to that. And I think that this world will have more, and in turn, there will be more love in the world rather than all the dissonance and all the, the hate that we're slowly starting to see more and more of creeping up in the news. So that that's all I really wanted to say. Jay, the neurons in my brain going off in terms of how many things I just agreed with <laughs> that you said, I, I just know that we, we're going to be good friends, man. And I, in honor of practicing, practicing authenticity and saying words incorrectly, I'm going to need you to get back on the soapbox and let us all know your Chipotle order. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, my Chipotle order is a bowl. I do the salad. Um, I don't get any rice, but I'll be real. I do get I do get rice. I ask them. What? <laughs> I do. I do say this. I say I'm going to do a salad bowl, but I want you to take that uh, the lime rice, the white rice. And I want you to put like as close to seven kernels as possible. I say this literally to the person and they look at me and they always laugh because I'm like, bro, like I'm trying to be keto, but come on, man, you and I know that rice is so freaking delicious that you can throw <laughs> a little bit in there. All right. And then, 
And then I get the fajita and I get the black beans. The pinto beans are delicious, but I have something about the black beans makes me feel a little bit more healthy. So I'm happier <laughs> after the, the, the mole. And then I do, which is the typical cheat, which is I do half and half, but I don't tell the person half and half. I just say, um, I'm going to do steak, um, um, but I'm going to do a half and half and I haven't decided what I'm going to do next. And I was like, can you just put the steak first? So they go to scoop the steak. But subconsciously, they give me a little bit more steak than they normally would because that's kind of what they're going to do. They're like, well, what if he decides to just have all steak? He doesn't want to do double the work. And then I asked yeah. for um, I asked for the chicken because um, I have a dear buddy who's actually a really well-known chef now. He started his journey in Chipotle, and he always says the chicken is the most consistent meat of all of the meats. Like, yes. I know we love the steak. We love all that other stuff that they're introducing, but – Chicken will always be consistent. And when you're talking about Michelin star restaurants, it's all about consistency. So I get the chicken, I get the steak, and then I just put on only a crap ton of pico de gallo and a little bit more salad on top. And that's it. That's my, that's my order. You know, very, very no frills. I don't even get like the hot, hot, spicy salsa. I want to taste the chicken. I want to taste the steak. And then I want to taste my seven kernels of, of cilantro rice, cilantro lime rice. <laughs> I, I'm impressed or concerned. I can't tell. I think I'm impressed. Uh, I got to be honest with you, man. I could work undercover and really make a difference at Chipotle. It's all about sanitation. It's all about the consistency of the meats. We're going to talk about that, not on Serotonin Sunday, but when we catch up in the future. But thank you for practicing that because I could not agree more that social media has, has just taken a, a dive in a direction that is not necessarily productive and and i appreciate hearing you and and all your thoughts about revisiting it after your hiatus and treating it like a tool instead of like an abusive thing that you have to do like everyone is talking about tiktok right now i mm-hmm. i'm so inspired to hear your mindset and please continue to post your bowls and the real you and i will keep <laughs> my bio obsessed whatever it is right now about chipotle and as a lover of movies whatever it says uh, <laughs> and you you are just you're just such a good guy like you're please like everyone listen to the music but message jay and and just start a conversation let him know what you thought about everything he was sharing i i think that a lot of us i don't know we we forget like i was saying earlier we, we forget how far a message can go so jay i hope it's okay that i'm encouraging people to just spam dm you with love oh i love it i love it and i'll send somebody I'll bless somebody with some Chipotle money via Venmo or something to if that means that they'll actually be bold enough to be like hey I listened to you on the serotonin Sunday episode I hated half of what you said like I don't care it could be bad it could be good I don't even care you know I think like that's the thing is encouraging people to just be bold enough to connect because that's how the world moves forward is to connect and be able to say what it is that we want to say you know and so uh, I'm all I'm all about it bro thank you <laughs> Thank you, man. I I look forward to just following up with you and every season annoying you to get back on here and play a song for us all. I love that. (laughs) Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Madison, everybody that is tuning in live. Thank you for being here. And most importantly, everybody through the podcast, we've gotten a lot of people that have tuned in and I, I just love that it is now accessible for all people. So thank you for listening wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is. That was Jay Jin. You just heard three. I mean, this was the best episode by far. I I am biased. I just love everybody on here so much. And like I said, we we are here to talk about mental health. It's not necessarily going to be attractive 
things. It's just real. And that's why, you know, there's really no direction to how these conversations go. I don't really have a blueprint. I don't <laughs> email anybody ahead of time and saying like, this is what I'm going to ask you because I, I just want it to be an open safe space. So whatever anybody is feeling, even if that's not talking about mental health whatsoever, you know, you can rely on the fact that there's an organization each week. And that is where we are right now. I'm about to bring up my friend from To Write Love on Her Arms. But first, I would just love to explain what it is. This is a nonprofit movement dedicated to presenting hope and finding help for people struggling with depression, addiction, self-injury, and suicide. To Write Love in Her Arms exists to encourage, inform, inspire, and also to invest directly into treatment and recovery. They are honestly one of my favorite mental health organizations. I've known about them for a very long time. And the fact that I have Amber as a, a friend of mine, it blows my mind because she is doing such incredible work with them. And, and she's just an incredible person outside of the organization. And that's why I love doing this is because I want to normalize the fact that they're people too. And Amber is a person and, and we're going to hear her story. She serves as the director of partnerships where she fosters relationships with companies and individuals interested in cultivating conversations and awareness about mental health. And over the past three years, Amber's worn many hats, including developing Tuoloha's high school program, Between the Bells, directing the intern program and managing benefit events. Amber's personal story involves depression, substance abuse, suicidal ideation and attempts, but it also involves healing and hope. It's a story that serves as a launching point for confronting the stigma surrounding mental health, identity and community. So if anybody has a microphone right now, please feel free to unmute yourself and give a round of applause, a warm welcome to Amber Gardner. Ooh. Hello. Thank Hello. Thank you, Dylan. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. How are you doing this fun Sunday evening? I am good. It was a warm, sunny day in Las Vegas, and it's finally cooling down. So I am doing great. Well, thank you so much, Amber, for taking the time out of your evening and patiently waiting as as Madison and Eric and Jay were playing. We're so happy that you're here. Yes, and I loved hearing um, all the performances. I can't wait to look you all up on whatever streaming platforms you are on. You were all wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Amber, I know you personally. I, I know the bio. Everyone just heard the bio. I, I just want to know, though, because I know there's a lot of people tuning in that might not have had the privilege to tune in to season one. I, I would just love to know anything you'd like to share about your journey and how you got to, to write Love in Her Arms. And I, please just take the podium and, and I, I would love to hear your story. Yeah, thank you. Well, I, you know, I've been on staff at Trite Love for over three years now, but I've been a longtime supporter and follower. I actually found out about the organization back in 2008 when I was in high school. Um, and it was, to me, it was something that really hit home. I found out about Trite Love on Our Arms two years after um, my own, where my own mental health struggles began, um, depression, anxiety, um, suicide attempt. And it was just incredible to me to find a group of people so passionate about 
the topics that I was dealing with but could not talk to about with anyone in my house or my friends. Um, you know, we've come a long way in society um, since the early 2000s about how we talk about mental health. I would say there's still stigma and taboos today, but even more so back then. And so I kind of credit Tarite Love for saving my life and giving me the hope um, to keep living, to keep waking up every morning, and then, you know, the encouragement to finally get the help that I need and start my own journey of healing. And so it's kind of a full circle moment. I think we were just mentioning full circles, and I love being on this side of it. You know, I'm not a counselor, um, but I work for an organization that acts as a bridge to get people connected to help and hope wherever they may be in the world. And for me, it's just an honor and a privilege to be on staff here. I I bet you were just over the moon to to be working with this organization that it really isn't about work for you. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that, you know, with even my own mental health journeys, but then I've seen family members struggle as well. Um, And so to be able to know every day that whether it's a good day or a hard day, and trust me, over the past, especially the past two years, it's been a it's been hard to work in mental health some days. Um, But I know that at the end of the day, everything I did contributed to resources or encouragement or hope that, you know, my family members are using, my friends are using, and then even, not even just people I know, but strangers all over the world. Um, so yeah, it, it's work, but I, it doesn't, it doesn't always feel like that because I'm just so passionate and love being able to be on this side of it and help spread the work that we're doing. And you absolutely are doing that in such a massive scale. You, you mentioned that there is still stigma. And I, I feel like a lot of people just struggle to call out stigma or understand yeah. when it's happening. Can you describe some stigma that, that exists today that might be hard to see with the naked eye? Yeah, I think. Um, so like for me growing up, I was being raised by a generation that was taught to suck it up, like, just be tough, like, you'll get through this, you're, you're fine. Um, And so even though society as a whole has come so far in talking about it more, especially since COVID, I feel like there's a lot more conversations around mental health, but there are still people, whether it be, you know, my parents' generation that was raised that way, or even just people now that they feel like they can't talk about it. They're going to be made fun of or, um, you know, isolated if they say, hey, I struggle with anxiety or sometimes I have intrusive thoughts. They're afraid that they're not going to be received well and accepted as they are and that they have to be a certain type of way. Um, kind of what we were talking about with social media, like the the game of got to be perfect, got to be that online. But that's also how some people feel who are struggling with mental health issues and afraid to speak up because if they look like they have it all together, if they speak up and say, 
actually, I don't have it all together. How will their community, how will their friends, their family accept them? Um, And so like for me, I even saw, you know, it's 2022, but last year um, my dad passed away from um, ultimately from his struggles with mental health and his addiction to alcohol. And it wasn't until two weeks before he passed away at 60 years old that he finally, you know, accepted that it was okay to ask for help and he asked for help for the very first time and unfortunately in his case it was too late but I mean it took him 60 years to figure out that it was okay to ask for help and it's okay to admit that you are dealing with you know x y or z I know that that is very personal to share so I just want to thank you for for letting us know about that I I as somebody who is struggling actively with a father who doesn't believe in mental health, uh, that gives me a little bit of hope, Amber, yeah. I want you to know, because <laughs> it's very easy to just assume that some people will take to their grave these things that they were not raised to understand. But I, I think that we are all capable of change. We're all capable yeah. of of asking for help. And and I, I just think that when when people are told that it's okay to ask for help, as somebody, I have depression. And when I've heard that, my depression tells me like, oh, that person has it all figured out. And that like, that's annoying to hear something like that in that moment. Because, But the person that's saying it's okay to ask for help, I think that we forget that maybe they struggled mm-hmm. too to ask for help. And that's why I just wanted to take a moment and say like, Amber, you are a person too. You're not just here representing... Yeah. organization like you're you are with the organization for a reason and i recognize as somebody in the past who's had ignorance about this i never thought oh the people behind the organization must all have suffered and struggled and and it's just such an honor to be able to learn and and understand why people do what they do and and i'm just i'm really happy that you are here in general i want you to know that i'm i'm more happy that you're here in general than i am happy that you work for a mental health organization Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, we talk um, on staff often, or every time we have either a new hire or a new group of interns, um, one of the things we talk about in your, you know, standard meet and greet is, like, why are you here? Because it, in general, it takes a certain personality to want to work in a nonprofit field. You know, we're not a we're not handing out the big checks uh, over in the nonprofit industry, but um, it takes a even um, more specific type of person that wants to work in a mental health nonprofit, there's a reason why they're here. So whether it's their own personal story like mine or it's friends or family, like they say mental health uh, will affect one in five. So if it's not you, it's someone else. And so everyone that's on staff like has either been at the point where they've had to ask for help themselves or it's someone um, in their immediate friends and family, that circle that has had to ask for help. And so we're all just here kind of trying to work together and help, help let other people know that, yeah, it's okay to ask for help. That, and you know, what's crazy is that statistic is very generous. I, we actually looked at the last season of serotonin Sunday, right? We're not making this just for people that have mental health conditions. There's just a box in the form where you can check if you know somebody, or if you just want to learn, or if you struggle with something. And I want to say four out of five of uh, the hundred artists we've had so far like there are so many more people that struggle than we even know yeah and there's so many people that struggle that 
that don't even know themselves and they, they haven't been properly diagnosed. And yeah, if any conversation, whether it's some podcast like this or uh, a talk between friends, like if anything can influence somebody just wanting to, to learn more and if that can help them, then, you know, I, I'm just, I would love to help in any way. And I know that you would as well. And it's just, it's an honor to be in this fight with you truly. Oh, thank you. And lastly, I would love to know about between the bells because that is new and very exciting. Yeah. So that, um, we obviously nobody knew a pandemic was coming. Um, but we launched that right before the pandemic started. Um, but it is our high school program because we know that the conversations need to start earlier um, and to continue to break down the stigma and have people get the help that they need. Uh, we need to start talking about mental health in, at the school level. And so um, our team, you know, we helped build this program that schools can implement Um it's a week long. Uh, we say it's an introductory to, you know, get the ball rolling, uh, having a safe space um, in school to talk about mental health because they might not be able to talk about it at home uh, for a variety of reasons. And so it is a one week uh, program that teachers, administration um, can implement. It could be in just one class that that teacher does it every period they have or it could be school-wide. Um, and right now, through the generosity of donors, uh, we have um, that program available for free. So it's a no cost to schools to bring this program to their high school and start these conversations um, in the classroom. That is absolutely incredible and gives me hope for humanity, yes. truly for the future of schools. I, I have visited my fair share in the West LA area with NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness. And yeah. the, the common thread is it doesn't even matter if how many resources are at the school. Like I've seen 12 therapists on call. Like the kids just don't know how, where to start. They're, they're looking at each other and they're comparing one another and, and asking for help still to this day as a boy or a man is our brains were conditioned to believe that that is not what you do. And you have to yeah. suck it up and, and so it's, I, I just, I love that. And thank you so much for sharing about that because I don't think it's talked about enough that home environments might not be the safest place. I, I've seen mental health organizations come to schools and say, uh, please bring this home, serve it as extra credit, make sure the parents sign it that you talked about mental health in the house and bring it back the next day and you'll get extra points in the class and I'm sure 75% of the kids had no issue with that, but I, I recognize that maybe a kid wasn't able to even get that extra credit because of their, their parents and their inability to open up to them. So I, this is something I'm very interested in. I can't believe that that's everything that you just shared. So thank you for seriously, thank you for sharing that and giving me hope in, in the future for how this is talked about in schools, because there's so much room for improvement right now. Yeah, of course. It was it was one of my uh, favorite projects I was able to be a part of um, early on at my time here at Trail Love because even, you know, I love my parents, um, but it was something when I was struggling, they didn't they didn't know how to handle it because they didn't talk about their own. And so, you know, at home is not always the best place for a student to have that conversation about mental health. So that first week will um, that first day of that week, um, it actually starts with an anonymous survey um, that students complete. Um, they check off 
do you struggle with anxiety? Do you have anxious thoughts? Do you struggle with depression? Are you, do you have to work in order to help provide for your family? Do you get home from school and have to care for your siblings? Things that they might not think affect their well-being and their daily mental health, um, but ultimately are. And then, you know, being able to share those results out of a class of 20, you know, seven of you say that you have to help provide for your family. Five of you are struggling with depression and it just kind of starts getting that conversation going, letting them know that they're not alone. That is so necessary. So, so necessary. So if, if people want to follow up and, and understand how the rest of this year goes for that and Maybe there's a school out there that happens to hear this this iPhone conversation yeah. and wants to learn more. What, what are the best ways to follow up? Are you comfortable with giving maybe your own email address if anyone has any follow-up questions? Yeah, of course. Um, so if they just want to learn more about Between the Bells, they can go to tuoloha.com. That's T-W-L-O-H-A.com forward slash high school and I'll share about between the bells. Um, and then I can be reached at Amber at Twaloha.com. Awesome. Yeah. That has been a really cool consistency over the last three weeks is each organization, including yourself just now representing Twaloha. You guys are giving tangible ways of, of people following up. And, and that's the issue. I mean, to me is I've spent so many years in the mental health space, but I've also spent so many years not, not knowing how to take a step forward and, and just learn about an organization because the people have always felt unobtainable for some reason when you just think of them mm. as a brand, as an entity. And so thank you for, for being a person. Thank you for being a real life human being that, that, <laughs> that is playing a very large role in, in this organization. And, and thank you for, for being here tonight, taking the time to talk to us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm going to, like I, told Jay, I'm going to annoy you next year, probably. <laughs> you want to come back? Of course. Of course. Season three. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing is I, I like uh, what I think Jay Jin was talking about in the social media cleanse, because this is this should be for fun. And I'm happy that we took the time off that we did. And we're here for season two. So, Amber, thank you so much again for coming back. Thank you all that are tuning in right now for, for listening to this point. This is the most important part, the, the meat and potatoes of the conversation. And, and it, it just, it helped my serotonin levels because I struggle with my serotonin levels. So if anybody else wants to talk about that after this, please feel free to just message me or email Serotonin Sunday. We, we are here for you. And, and if there's a way that we can help, even if it's just directing you to an organization, we, we've been able to build our, our little email database. And, and they're, I think in half of the states in the US, I, I can now recommend specific things for people. And, and it's really cool as a musician who has a bunch of touring friends. It's a cool place to be. So if anybody has any questions about past guests, uh, or please just reach out to Amber if you have any questions for her. That is that is it. We We are reaching the end of this evening. I'm going to just say this again. I think this might be my, my favorite one yet. Some amazing conversations from Eric, Madison, Jay. I, I really appreciate all of you. So this, yeah, this this is a wrap on episode three of season two. And I'm just going to end this by telling you, please, please stop what you're doing after this and support the people that you heard tonight. Please add the songs to your favorite playlists. 
you have any questions about Aloha, you know how to reach them, you know how to reach Amber, please reach out to me if you need anything. And I just appreciate you all being willing to take part. I, I finish every episode saying this because it's my favorite thing to say, taking part in breaking the stigma surrounding mental health. The only thing we need to do is just talk about it openly like this and maybe practice a different form of listening. So thank you for all for letting me listen to your amazing songs. I will be adding them to the playlist and I'm just going to leave this room open for a little bit. If anybody wants to say anything, but otherwise we will see you next Sunday for week four. That is May 22nd right here on Twitter spaces at 6 PM PST. Thank you so much.